Being an entrepreneur or business owner is not easy. We know firsthand how the daily grind can bring even peak performers to their knees. Welcome to the Lewis Brownlee Podcast, an in-depth podcast for business owners interested in staying up to date with all aspects of business. Each show offers a variety of resources, insights, and updates from industry professionals to keep you at the cutting edge of this ever-changing world. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your learning experience. Okay, good morning. Thank you for joining me. Um, so, the last working day in January, the welcome last working day of January for many accountants. I'd like to start by thanking the Lewis Brownlee team for all their hard work. Um, they always work hard, and you know, the last nine months of lockdown has been 10 months. Um, they've just all pulled together and worked exceptionally hard. And January, they up it even further to get all of the tax returns done. But it's not just the tax returns, we've got lots of accountants that are out, well, in theory, out on audit, um, working remotely, obviously, on, on client audit, clients' audits, which makes it so much more challenging. We've got VAT returns due next week, next week still needing to be done. Um, management accounts for clients, it's just constant, full-on um, workflow. And I always say to trainees um, that are thinking about a career in accountancy, unless you want to be constantly busy and commit to a lifetime of learning, don't be an accountant. You know, it's constant. It's um, the variety is huge, um, which is great and why a lot of us do it. So, um, but yeah, January in particular is um, really intense for many. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what happens in a couple of years time. Making tax digital for income tax is due to start in April 2023. And that will require a quarterly return um, of if you're a sole trade or if you've got rental income above £10,000, you'll be doing a quarterly return, not just an annual return. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in terms of this January rush. Um, it might be a quarterly rush, which might make things even more challenging um, all round. But time will tell when the rules um, come into effect and we'll see what happens. There has been some bit of good news, though, this week. HMRC have said that they will not issue penalties for the late filing of self-assessment tax returns, provided they are filed online by the end of February. So we were given an extra month, in theory, to do tax returns. However, the tax is still due. They still expect the tax payments to be made by Sunday um, and any late payments of tax will attract a interest charge. So we didn't take our foot off the gas. We've carried on. Um, There's still a few to get across the line and our, we fully intend to get all of them done um, today. So they'll all be in today. Maybe a couple of hours after we work to the weekend to get the final few in by Sunday, the latest. Um, but yeah, we're still pushing to get everything done um, by end of January so that clients don't incur unnecessarily any, any unnecessary interest. And quite frankly, we want to see the back of them. <laughs> We've got all the things we want to be doing in February. So, um, so yeah, the last, last few couple of days now of getting those tax returns in. Um, what is definitely a deadline today, though, is the third grant of the Self-Employment Income Support Scheme. So if you're self-employed, 
and your average income in the last three tax years was less than £50,000 and you have been affected by the coronavirus crisis, you have today to get the grant in, the application for the grant, sorry, for the third instalment of that self-employment grant. Um, you don't need to have um, applied for the first two grants. So you might not have, you might not have wanted to, didn't feel the need or more um, circumstances meant that you couldn't. You can still apply for the third grant, but you must do that today and you must do it via your government gateway. So if you haven't already registered for that, you may have left it too late because that can be quite a challenging um, thing to get done uh, quickly. So, okay. Coronavirus job retention scheme. So the furlough scheme, we've talked about this in the last couple of check-ins, because it's a hot topic, it's continuing. Again, that's been uh, extended end of April, as we know. Um, it's flexible, so you don't need to full-time furlough your employees. You know, if you've still got a bit of work for them to do, they could just work a day a week or whatever, but it's absolutely crucial that they do not work at the times that you're claiming furlough for. I can't stress that enough. The penalties for an incorrect furlough claim are up to 100% of what you've claimed. So you'd have to pay back what you claimed in error. Um, and the same again, if um, they issued the 100% penalty. So do watch out for that. Um, and we know that the it's the HMRC's national minimum wage unit that is going to be in charge of the compliance for furlough claims. And um, we have had experience of dealing with um, this particular unit within HMRC. We had a client um, last year that had a review of their payroll, but from a national minimum wage perspective, so making sure they were paying people um, the correct basic pay. Um, the unit we found to be very technical in the work that they do, so, and not and they do not take a pragmatic view so um, they were quite pedantic I guess um, and very challenging to deal with so the client that had the visit from them last year it went on for months it was incredibly stressful for all concerned um, the outcome was that the client I think had to repay something like 600 pounds so from the perspective of their payroll, it wasn't a significant sum at all, um, but they wouldn't let it go, HMRC. They kept going and going and going until they were happy that they'd explored absolutely everything. And the amount of manpower, the amount of hours that they put into it for £600 didn't really, um, you know, it's not very commercial, if you like. They, they don't look at it from a commercial perspective. And um, yeah, the outcome of £600 we were pleased with, I guess, but the amount of hours it took, the client's hours, our hours um, and our fee in dealing with it in the end came to about £9,500. It was a huge amount of work. Um, and that would have been the case even if there were no issues. Um, we have, thankfully for that client, they've signed up for our tax investigation scheme. So what that means for a small annual fee in the event of HMRC making an inquiry into any of their um, returns, our fees in dealing with that are covered, are paid by this, um, this scheme. And um, so, you know, the stress and anxiety of having HMRC come along and ask lots of questions. 
the unknown about what that might mean in terms of an assessment, plus the additional worry of what are the professional fees going to be, that bit was taken care of because they signed up to the scheme. Um, I had a client recently say, um, but I don't need tax this tax in, um, investigation scheme because I've got you, Lewis Brownlee, are my accountant. They're brilliant. Why would I need this scheme? Why would I need to pay for this? Um, doesn't matter how good your accountant is, doesn't matter how bad your accountant is, you're still at risk of having HMRC raise queries into any returns that you send in. So it's not about the quality of the tax return, it's just about them asking awkward questions and poking around. And yeah, it can soon rack up to quite a lot if it's a very technical piece of work um, that they are they are challenging. So, so yes, this isn't this isn't about you doing your taxes right. It's about protecting yourself from an additional fee should HMRC make any inquiries. Okay. So moving on to um, non-COVID matters, actually, a couple more things to talk about today. Um, off payroll working, IR35. So that's been around for years and years, in excess of 20 years, I think. And, um, and it's changed a little bit over the years and it changed a couple of years ago and um, it's been perceived as been successfully introduced in a new way into the public sector. And la April last year, it was going to be rolled out. This new form of IR35 was going to be rolled out into um, the private sector. That was delayed, but it looks like um, it's going to come in now from the 6th of April 2021. So it's designed to ensure individuals working like employees, but through their own company, so a personal service company or a PSE or other intermediary, pay broadly the same income tax and national insurance contributions as individuals who are directly employed. So if you're a company providing services to another company and it's essential and it's quite technical detail, but essentially it's just you working full time for one other company, this may well affect you. There are other conditions, but that's the, the main, the main um, crux of it. So the way those sorts of businesses will pay tax will change from the 6th of April 2021. Usually the scenario is that the client pays the company for the services, the company pays the director a small salary, the company will pay corporation tax on the profits, and then the retained earnings after corporation tax will be paid to the shareholder, who's a director and the person that's been working in the company in the form of a dividend. The director then does a self-assessment tax return each year to declare and pay the tax on that dividend. Um, and that's the bit that's going to change. So HMRC will focus on ensuring compliance with the new rules rather than investigating past arrangements. But if you are, if you contract for a medium or large-sized non-public sector organisation from the 6th of April, your client will be responsible for deciding your employment status. So in the past, it was you as the company receiving that payment IR, you might have needed to apply IR35 because you'd assessed it yourself that you were caught by those rules. Now the onus moves from you to the person that's paying you. And they should provide you with a status determination statement if the rules apply, setting out and explaining their decision. 
So if your client determines that your contract is inside the off-payroll working rules, and so you are deemed you are a deemed employee for tax purposes, then your client will pay your fees, but will be responsible for deducting income tax and national insurance before they pay you. You'll still need to submit a tax return, but you'll get relief for the tax that's already been paid. Um, if you're a, if you contract for a small non-public sector organisation your limited company or other in intermediary will remain responsible for determining whether your contract is inside the off-payroll rules. Um, so so it could, could have a big impact. And I think the first impact is going to be cash flow. So if you normally invoice your customer £5,000 and they pay you and you're back registered, they'll pay you £5,000 plus VAT. I'm not going to get into the VAT. That's even more complicated. But um they'll be paying you less because they'll be taking tax and national insurance from you um so it's something that yes if you're going to continue working through the company it's going to um affect you if you're you have one customer and we're seeing many medium and large size non-public sector organizations simply classifying all contractors as deemed employees so that from their perspective, I guess they say, well, it's easier if we just um, tax everybody as if we were employees. And that leads on to another, um, I guess, discussion point. So you'll be taxed as if you were an employee. But will you get the associated benefits of being an employee? So will you get paid holiday pay? Will you get paid pension contributions? Will you get statutory sick pay? So it's quite far reaching in terms of the, um, the, the impact on this. And um, if you feel if, yeah, if you're a contractor with a single customer, you need to look at the rules and work out how it's going to affect you. Obviously, give us a call, uh, talk to your unusual contact in the office um, and we can help you um, work out how best to deal with it. Um, final thing for today, then moving on still on the subject of employment, though, um, if you employ people within your business, there are new grants for traineeships that have been announced. So employers can now apply for a £1,000 cash grant to help them take on new trainees. The new scheme, which is available until July of this year, is designed to help businesses with the cost of providing high quality work placements for a trainee. So providing facilities, uniform, helping with travel costs. Businesses offering new traineeship opportunities will receive a £1,000 bonus for every trainee they take on with up to a maximum of 10 trainees. Employers can claim the CAS incentive for any work placements that have been completed since September. So if you've already taken on a trainee since last September, you can um, claim this £1,000. So that's um, something to keep an eye out for. And as we have been doing every week, we'll be sending a follow-up email to all the attendees of this webinar with a link to the relevant place in the government's um, website where you can find more details and put that claim in. Okay, so, so that's, up, that's it for today in terms of the technical stuff. Just a quick reminder on key dates as we do at the end of every week. So today is the day for the Self-Employment Income Support Scheme grant deadline. Sunday is the deadline to pay your July and January tax bill, unless you've agreed a payment plan. You can agree a payment plan via your government gateway. If you don't pay by the weekend, they'll start to charge interest. 
28th of February is the new self-assessment filing deadline just for this year. I don't think it's a permanent extension. Um, 1st of March, we talked about this last week. I haven't talked about it today, but the 1st of March is the, is the conversion date for the domestic VAT reverse charge for construction services. We'll be doing a specific webinar just on that in the coming weeks. Um, March the 3rd is budget day. So eagerly anticipated or not, we'll see. Um, we're anticipating quite a lot of changes as the government look to um, recoup some of the cash that they've spent, I guess, in the last month, in the last year. And then, so this webinar on Wednesday, the 5th of March will focus on any key, um, well, probably the head, key headlines of that budget. And then the following week, we will do a more detailed review. Um, for those businesses that deferred their VAT last year, end of March is when that needs to be paid or have agreed a payment plan. Um, if you're still struggling um, with cash flow and need a bit of help, you've got till the end of March to apply for a bounce back loan or a coronas interruption loan. And then finally, 30th of um, April, the furlough scheme closes, we believe. I guess that might depend on what happens with lockdown. Time will tell. Anyway, that's it for me from today. Um, thank you all for attending. If you have any questions, please do um, send them across in the chat or drop us a call or an email afterwards. We'd be delighted to hear from you. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to the Lewis Brownlee podcast. Be sure to listen again soon to keep up to date and help your business grow.